Hi, I'm Marshall Ramsey. For years, I've drawn the most interesting people in Mississippi. Now, I get to interview them, too. Welcome to Conversations Podcast, where I sit down with the famous and folks who should be famous, and we just talk. Today's guest can trace her vocal skills back to the age of three. And by the grand old age of five, she was singing in her church choir. Well, the rest is history, as they say. This Jackson native and performer of the blues, gospel, and R&B went on to record several hit records and collect a slew of awards. We're thrilled to have Dorothy Moore in our studios today. Dorothy, I feel like I should say Ms. Moore. Um, uh, Dorothy, Please thank you for Dorothy. being Dorothy. Dorothy, okay. <laughs> you know, it's funny because you and I are talking. We have so much in common. Um, yes. We both play harmonica. We both, right. We both like to fish. That's right. And you can really sing beautifully, and I can't. <laughs> well, you are to see. Well, I can you draw can pictures, draw, yeah. Draw. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm so excited about being here. Well, I mean, I'm thrilled to have you here, too. I mean, I mean, not just because, well, you're you. Well, I'm at home. I well, yeah, you are, you are at home. This is home. This is home. Well, Jackson's home. <laughs> yes, it is. I mean, you weren't born that far from here. That's right. I was born on Monument Street, really, right at the Varot. Right. right. Not too far. They used to have a house right there at the Varot. And I yeah. was born in that house and everything. Uh, graduated in that house. Yeah. And I signed my first professional contract. In that house. At that house. In the house. To, uh, I was discovered by just a simple knock at my door by a record producer. Now, now you've got to tell me that story. How did they find you? Well, they heard around, <laughs> heard around about me around town uh-huh. when I used to sing at the Alamo Theater, right. still, which is still there. Mm-hmm. And I'm on the board. You're on the board I'm now, I'm on yeah. the board there. And I have to make sure everything is... <laughs> is perfect. That's right. So how does I, it feel when you go in there now? Because, I mean, gosh. Well, now, listen, I get off the horse every now and then. This is a community, my... You know, I just community work that I do. I sells popcorn. <laughs> uh, I'm right behind the counter. You know, I just sell sell my popcorns and sign some autographs if anybody want one. If they recognize who I am, I mean seriously, I'm just Dorothy. This is home, like I say. To have, you know, somebody who sang probably one of the most beautiful songs ever selling you popcorn. <laughs> That is such a well, Mississippi have, thing. You, you have to be done, yeah. you know, and I'll do it. You'll okay. do it. Okay, and so I just fill the box up with popcorn, sell sodas and what have you, and Yeah. sometimes take tickets. You've done talent shows, though, at the Alamo when you were pretty young. Oh, yeah, I, I call the Alamo my uh, classroom for yeah. what I'm doing today. Right. Because it made me, well, sort of prepared for... Madison Square Garden and those places like that. And uh, and we'll, I mean, I've got to get you to tell the Madison Square story too, and we'll do that in a little bit because okay. cause it's just so amazing to make that leap that quickly that you did. Mm-hmm. But you were like a, it wasn't like an overnight, you were like a, <laughs> a five-year overnight oh, success no. story kind Uh-oh. of thing. The record producer that found you, though, who was that? Bob McCree. Okay. Uh, he had this studio in Clinton. Mm-hmm. It was a mo- once was a movie theater. Another, what with these movie yeah. theaters? I don't know. But it was a movie theater that he uh, started a studio and was he heard about me around town. Uh, and it was late one night. One, I, believe it or not, Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> gig night. And uh, my room... The house that I live in, uh, it, they used to call them train-built houses. I guess you can stand in the 
front room and see the dining room, the living room, and the kitchen. <laughs> and uh, anyway, my room was the f right there at the front door. And he knocked, and I heard the, my great-grandmother who raised me, yeah. I heard the whole story of what he was looking for and who he was looking mm -hmm. for. I want you to know I didn't usually get out of the bed. You usually sit up and get out on the side of the bed. I stood up in the bed and walked out of the bed. You know, I was young. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I could, and jumped out on the floor and jumped in front of her, you know. It's me. It's me, it's exactly. Know? And she said, get back now, my great-grandmother. Let me talk. And so, but anyway, that's where it started. And from there, Bob uh, recorded me and two other girls called mm -hmm. The Poppies. And we went on and recorded a album with Epic Records. And uh, I was the lead singer of this group called The Poppies. And it went on and... We had to start touring all over the United States for that. How old were you then? Oh, I was like uh, 17 when I signed my wow. contract. Yeah. And they released it. Uh, that was in 65. 65. Uh-huh. And they released it in 66. And you were three years old when, when your mom kind of figured out that you had something special going on with your yeah. voice. Yeah, and you that's were what she told me. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the <laughs> that's sto story she said. That, but you were right next to the railroad tracks. Yeah, I was born in... In the in a house again, yeah. right next to the railroad track, and I was sitting on the porch, and as the train go by, different speeds, slow speed, fast speed, I would sing to the tempo of the, you know, of the uh, wheels that oh, roll wow. over the tracks, and I had a song for everything, and that was the way that I would sing, you know, like some girls probably played with dolls and what have you. I was playing with vocals and music and key <laughs> tempos like that. Well, when you, weren't, when you weren't a lead singer for the Poppies, you were also doing background vocals as well. I did. I did background for uh, Freddie Fender. Really? He, uh, I guess yeah. when he first started out, uh, and the other, this other guy was saying the song Raindrops Keep Falling on your, My Head. Yeah. Uh, he came there, and we did some back. As a matter of fact, I was the opening act for him at the, a place called the Silver Spur, right there where Malico mm -hmm. is right now. It used to have a club there. And he and I, at the time, was managed by the same manager. And uh, I would open up before he would come on and with uh, Tim Whitsitt and his brother, you know, Carson, mm -hmm. who played on my, all of my albums, all of my hit albums. And so that's the way that was. B, yeah, it was B.J. Thomas. on. Oh, yeah, B.J. Yeah. Thomas, that's who that yeah. was. And he went on, he left from there and went on to Hollywood and made it. And so I just hung around here, you know. You're like, everything. I'm next. I'm and, next. And so I didn't know I was standing on, you know, the land, you know, right there where I was going to record and not knowing it was going to be someday but so i went there to malico and yeah you got a call from tommy couch and said I, I got a song i think you'd be really good yeah that's the way he he did it tommy couch called me one day and i was signed with malico yeah and uh he called me one day and said dorothy i want you to come out and listen to a song that i have uh -huh. and see if you like it and, and see what you think and so i i was just blocks away from the studio I could walk walk yeah. to it, you know, but I catch the bus a time or whatever. 
And I went there and listened to it, and uh, and it was Misty Blue. Right. And uh, I told him, yeah, you know, yeah, I like it, you know. He said, well, do you want to cut it? I said, I could cut it, yeah. And so we went in, and uh, Carson Whitsitt, mm -hmm. who was a piano player, and, you know, we played grand pianos back then, and uh, Hammond B3s mm -hmm. back then, you know, in your recording. <laughs> but anyway, he got my key to Mr. Blue, and we cut it that day. And I cut it in one take. You didn't think anything of it either, did you? It was just one of yeah. those other songs that I had cut, you know, and said, maybe this, you know, yeah, yeah I'd do it. And uh, and it's not like it was released that next day either. It sat for a while, didn't it? Yes, it sat for two years. Two they years. <laughs> they put it on the shelf. They didn't think it was the right time. Yeah. Which it wasn't, probably wasn't, right. you know, but we didn't know it. Uh, they wanted an up-tempo song instead, yeah. you know, something fast, because the Supremes was happening during that time. Yeah. And uh, so he put Tommy in, you know, they put it on the shelf uh, for two two more years before they decided to release it. Uh, Eddie Floyd, uh, you know, the one that had Knock on Wood. Yeah. A uh, good friend of mine, he... Uh, he was recording with Malachor a little bit. Yeah, I don't know how long it was. I guess a couple of years. But anyway, they were just sitting and didn't another a day didn't have anything to do and just listening to songs and stuff. And they happened to put Mr. Blue, you know, on a reel a reel and said, "Listen to this." And he heard it and he said, "You need to release that." Wow. And that's that's the way they did. The rest is history. And uh. Again, they waited two years, yeah. and before they released it, people, Tommy called me again and told me to let me know they wanted to. They were getting ready to release it. But there was one little piece that was missing from that song that, to me, is like <laughs> the very opening of the song where you're kind of humming. Yeah, was uh, not on there. Yeah, it wasn't. I had lived with the song. Yeah, for those couple of years, right? And I knew the song. I mean. Yeah. Backwards as far as forward. And uh, I said, well, wait a minute before you release it. I have something I want to put on there. And he said, okay. I said, don't release it yet. Let me come out and put this on there. And I, so I went there and I said, well, now let me just put the record on, put Mr. Blue on and play it and let me record what I want to say because it's at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And I... I already knew what I want. I had this home. Right. And uh, I said, when I do that, you can cut it anytime you get ready. That's the way I did it because, you know, you can't say cut. Right. While you recording. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> while you recording. So I did that. Uh, when I finished the home, I did that. And he let it play a little while and cut it where he felt. Yeah. And that's what it was, that home. At the very beginning, that's what I put on there and told them they can release it. See, I think it, you know, you, you, you cue up the record and you start playing it, you hear that hum and you just realize this is going to be something special. <laughs> so it's perfect. I'm, that's amazing. And, you know, this was back before the Internet and before social media, but, but it truly went viral immediately. It went to Chicago and to New York, to the biggest radio markets, and amazing. it went on heavy rotation. Amazing. Yeah. It just... I tell you, that song, I was working at school pictures, 
They used to have this place on, on Mill Street. Yeah. I used to work there every summer. Uh, I knew exactly when it would be like it starts September. They was hiring. I knew when they started hiring and everything. And I went there and would work during the summer, not in September, during the winter, and uh, three or four months. And, you know, they would be playing records, the, not records, the radio, yeah. while we worked. And they would... They were playing Mr. Blue was climbing the charts, and it would come on the radio. I mean, just... What was that like? 30 just, minutes. I mean, Dorothy's on again. Yeah. Uh, How surreal was that, though, just to sit there and hear yourself? Well, yeah. I didn't have any idea what was happening, what, what was about to happen. I, you know, I just heard myself. I had heard myself, you know, on other yeah. radio. I just thought it was another, right. you know, that... They was playing, another radio station was playing my song, but it was playing it so often. Yeah. Just about, <clears throat> just about every 15, 30 minutes, people was calling in requesting it. It's on again, Dorothy. You know, and I was, me and my shy self, I just, you know, I wouldn't say anything, but, and then I got a call from Tommy again. He wanted to know when it was climbing up, it was, I guess, it was in the 50s. Yeah. It had made it in the 50s, in the charts, the national charts. And uh, I guess Cashbox was back then, Billboard yeah. and all of those magazines and different companies. He said, Dorothy, you want to go on the road? I said, the road? I thought maybe he he wanted me to go, you know, up the street, right. couple of blocks from the house. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what the role was, you know. I said, well, tell me about it, you know. And he he told me that uh, I think we have a hit. I said, well, let me tell school pictures to put me just in the files and don't, you know, just yeah. keep me there just in case. Just in I case this doesn't back. work out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I say I don't want to just up and leave. I want to leave in a nice way and so I can come back if things, you know, if this isn't true. You never you went say. back. Never went back. But I did go back to say hello. <laughs> <laughs> and sign autographs. <laughs> you know, to my friends. I never forgot my friends. And well, so The road led to Madison Square Garden. Yes. I mean... That was, and it's so funny, you and I were talking a little bit before the cameras came on, and you were saying that you were all nervous and everything, but you realized, you know, this isn't much different than what I was doing at the Alamo. It wasn't, because the stage was just as big. Mal yeah. I mean, the stage, uh, the Alamo stage, you know, it's the huge. movie yeah. theater. Yeah. I mean, it was just across the room. I mean, and the same thing with Madison Square Garden stage. And... Uh, and then I was scared to death before I went there because my people were telling me what I had to do. Say so you, you got to be great because they will throw tomatoes and eggs and anything yeah. and boo you if you're not. I was scared to death when I went there. And when I when they called me out and I went and sung. As a matter of fact, I opened up for. Uh, Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, mm -hmm. uh, Smokey Robinson. And I went on first. I just had Mr. Blue. We didn't even have an album then. Yeah. I had Mr. Blue and the Flip Side, which was Here It Is, mm -hmm. and it was written by uh, King Floyd. And I went out there and did Mr. Blue, and I got 
I stopped counting the encores where I had to go back out on the stage and take a bow. I mean, I just didn't know what was happening. It was in my, when I came, I never forget when I came back off the stage and, <clears throat> and came, went downstairs where my booking agent, uh, Larry Brums yeah. was his name at the time. He used to go, he used to travel with me. And uh, when I came down, he, at the time, I was small, petite, size six then. <laughs> <laughs> he lifted me up and said, Dorothy, what what you want? Anything you want. Wow. I said, well, I just want a hamburger <laughs> with everything on it. <laughs> you know, get me to a hamburger, you know, he said. And so that's really, that's that's the way I was and that's the way I am. Because you, you started doing television. I mean, they were, you did the circuit. I, I saw this great clip. It's on YouTube yeah. of you and Dick Clark. You were on American Bandstand. Mm -hmm. And at one point, Dick Clark looks at you and says, what? you didn't record this in Muscle Shoals or you didn't do it in Detroit? Why Jackson, Mississippi? And the look on your face was, was priceless. Uh, I mean, I was so angry with him when he said he... <laughs> You know, uh, I didn't say what I really wanted to say. Oh, you I, said it with I, your <laughs> eyes. You said it with your eyes. <laughs> that was not me. You know, I wouldn't say anything, you know, but I was insulted, really. Yeah. I said, wow, you know, they feel that way about my hometown, you know. I said, well, I love it, you know, because I, it's a great place, and yeah. and that's the way it was. You know, I, every time I had a hit record out, he accepted me to do his show and Dinah Shore and... Yeah, Mike Douglas, you, I mean, yeah, you did Soul Train. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. And I received that same award that they're giving now. I was the winner of the R&B Award. Oh, wow. I think I brought that with me. Yeah, you, br uh -huh. you brought that some of your award. gold records. I brought and that with me. Yeah, Misty, Misty Blue has had just an incredible life. I mean, the movie Phenomenon with John Travolta, when that came out, because I, I remember sitting and watching the theater and they started playing it. It's mm -hmm. like it's, you can kind of hear it in the background mm -hmm. and it's on the soundtrack. Yeah. And it, it gave you a new that royalty a, check. That was amazing, too, because there were so many other major stars who, you know, their label tried to get that. And, yeah. But Misty Blue got a, was one of the songs that yeah. I said, Oh, I think Babyface got something on there, and yeah. Eric Clampton mm -hmm. on this particular soundtrack. Yeah, it was a huge soundtrack because mm -hmm. I've got yeah. it at home. So, uh -huh. yeah. Did you um, did you carry the suitcase the whole seventies there? <laughs> oh no, you know you, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> but uh, I didn't have to carry it then. Okay, you know, I would imagine by that point you had somebody carrying it for you. I carried this uh, suitcase for my concerts. You know, with my manager. You know. Yeah. Uh, this is when you don't have any money. You know, I had, I didn't have any money at the time. You yeah. know, it was like, <laughs> you know, bus fare home back home. If, if this, you know, what happened? But I would take this suitcase with my whenever I do concerts with my. At the time, eight tracks. Yeah. Selling eight tracks. You don't know no, I remember eight tracks. Eight tracks. Yeah. Cassettes. Mm hmm. I think I had maybe one or two forty fives or something like that. That's what Mr. Blue yeah, went came, gold. That's on why you were talking 45. about the B side, yeah. Uh huh. And so uh, that's what I would have in this suitcase to sell. You exactly. know, whenever we meet and greet. <laughs> souvenirs. Yeah, yeah souvenirs. You know, just to come <laughs> and say hello. You know. So that's what I would do. Open that up, and I had everything. 
you know, yeah. there. But the thing I think I've really, I've enjoyed getting to know you today and getting mm -hmm. to talk to you because you are just as capable of going over and wowing a huge crowd in Japan, mm -hmm. but then coming back home and digging earthworms out of your backyard <laughs> to go fishing. Oh, you're probably listen, one more. You know all of this. Well, yeah, because you're one of the more real people I've ever met. Hey, don't, they don't do that. They got some good worms in, in you Well, know, I mean, I think ground. once you get nominated for four Grammys, somebody can go pick your worms oh, up I for you, can't they? Oh, I do that. You can, you can just about, you know, they rent there. Just, you know, dig your dirt up and yeah. up, move your leaves back. Yeah. You know, and there they are popping up there ready to pick, and you can go fishing. You can, that's the best thing you can use to catch a fish. What do you like, what do you like fishing for the best? Anything will jump on my hook. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, you're not picky either. That's what I like about you. Anything will jump on my hook. <laughs> Brim, bass, you yeah. know, catfish, you know, all. I just, just sitting out there on the fish bank. Yeah. You know, uh, I went all over. You, uh, me you... and my rods and reels, I have <laughs> two or three, you know, holding them up because mm -hmm. I had to go through tall grass or whatever, you know. You, um, <laughs> You, you you know you're still doing some performing now. You still do occasionally, yeah. mm -hmm. um, but you're also you know a pretty darn proud grandmother too. Yes, I am. I'm very proud of my grandchildren. But you I like your three. kids also. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, your daughter's in the studio, so we got to throw that out there. She helps me. Yeah. And she, uh, my daughter, tells me what to do now. I I used to tell her what to do. Circle and my of son, life. Yeah. My son is like that too. Uh, you know things have changed. What happened? I used to. <laughs> Tell them what to do, but they say you can't wear that. You, you know, you need to do this. Hold still. Let me look you over. You know, <laughs> and so. But uh, but yeah, I have three grandchildren, and uh, I have two. One in a freshman and just yeah. freshman in college. He just entered a, to be a freshman, and I have one coming out of college, and then I have a six-year-old oh, grandson and. They all the apple of my eye. I know and they I, know it. There's a lot of talent that's running through them too. And of course, um, I, I love this book. It's Little Dorothy. It's written by you. <laughs> yeah. And, but it, but it's illustrated by somebody special also. My daughter-in-law. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Belinda Russell. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And she used to work oh, at the Clarion Ledger too. To my son, yeah. G. Uh, and she, yeah, she used to work for Clarion Ledger yeah. here. And she lived in uh, Tutwilder. Yeah. That's where she was born and raised okay. up there. But, uh, yeah, she did the, the artwork, and this is about me and my great-grandmother. Oh, yeah. It's a fun little book, little something I did. And it was fun. It's, it's not only the illustrations are beautiful, but the story is, too, because, I mean, you, you've, you've lived such an incredible life, and you still do a little bit of singing here and there. Here and there, I do. I, uh, I just sung for about 20,000 people not too long ago <laughs> for the Delta Blues Festival. They yeah. have every year. I was at the Grammy Museum up there in Cleveland. They did Isn't that wonderful? Little something yeah. there. Yeah. And they kind of have one or two of my pictures up there. There's a little something about my nomination for about four Grammys. Yeah, which, by yeah, the way, <laughs> I, I like Natalie Cole, but I think you got robbed on Misty Blue. Oh. I think you should have won that one. You were, like, sizing her up there that day, well, too. Yeah. Oh, you heard about that? I did. No, I wasn't really sizing it up the way you sounded. You I were doing this. Check it out. She was checking me out, too, because, yeah. you know, She's like, she kind of turned around. I was right behind you speaking of Natalie Cole. Yeah. 
she was in front of me. She was in the front, on the front row, right directly mm -hmm. in front of me. And uh, I was behind her, and she was looking like she was looking for someone, had, you know, in the back yeah. of her. And there I was, look right there. And I said, oh, mm -hmm. we hadn't been, you know. That's right. But uh, Gladys Knight and Micah Jackson was the, uh, now I won't say MC, but they, you know, was on stage yeah. calling out the song that was nominated. And and you were just sitting there thinking, you know, said, I was wow, just at the Alamo. Listen, I was with, well, with my ex-husband at the time. Yeah. And he was, and he wanted to do one of these. I said, uh-uh, 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 don't, don't, don't do that, uh-uh. Don't. <laughs> but it was fun. We were all excited about it. And I thought about home and where I had came to, you know, come mm -hmm. from. And, you know, I just felt so honored to be there, just nominated. And uh, it was a great thing for me. And any award right. is just great. When I received awards from the Jackson Music Awards, mm -hmm. uh, just any award is an honor for me. Well, you have definitely deserved every bit of praise you've received in your career. And, um, well, I mean, what, just in our closing minute here, I mean, what's, what's the future for Dorothy Moore? Oh, wow. Well, this is one, yeah. being interviewed oh, I mean, by you, good. being here yeah. for PBS, and I'm just, it's an honor for me. Uh, it's so many things that I've done. Uh, uh, well, Mr. Blue has taken me in my life is just so great that I can it have made it possible that I can just pick up the phone and call some friends, you know, whether it's Kenny Rogers or you know, just yeah. anyone or uh, Martha Reason Vandellas or Denise Williams or any you know, and just say, Lay, you know, if I wanna do a gospel album R&B album, or blues, or what have you. It's possible now that I can do that. Well, the I'm doors so, has opened for me. I'm so glad that we got this chance to sit down and talk to each other, and unfortunately we've run out of time, but thank you so much for being here today. It's been my honor, and thank you for having me. Oh, you were welcome. You're welcome. Next time, bring your harmonica. <laughs> okay, I'll do that. You bring yours. Will do. I'm Marshall Ramsey. Thanks for listening today. Subscribe to this podcast to be updated on new episodes. Conversations is produced by Mississippi Public Broadcasting.